So welcome to He, She, Spirituality, our new podcast, Ariella and I, and we're talking today about intimacy. This is a special for Valentine's Day, though whenever you watch it, it will certainly ring true. Intimacy, soulmates. What does it mean to have a soulmate? I'll tell you about my soulmate. Hopefully she'll say the same thing about me, and we'll get into conversations about not a hallmark fantasy soulmate, but a real life soulmate. Everybody wants one. I believe we have one. And we'll talk about now what it means to find one and to be one. And so with that, Valentine's Day special, he, she, spirituality, and soulmate love. So let's get started. Um, I think we're going to start with this idea that is very ancient. And it's this idea of Adam and Eve and how they came to be and came together. And I like to always bring this in because there's a a significant word in Hebrew that you and I have danced with, I think, in our own relationship for almost 25 years. And the word in Hebrew is called Ezer Konegdo. And it's the meaning simply is, is, I think soulmate is even kind of like a, a it's a it's a trick word. It's a hard word because is there one soulmate? Do you have one? What if you don't have one? But it's this idea that when you do find the person for you, they don't just let you do whatever, you know, it's, it's <laughs> they don't just let you do whatever they want. No, but it, they challenge you, right? It's the opposite. It's the it's that puzzle piece that fits in with the other puzzle piece. So it's a good fit. It's a good connection. And we and the soulmate challenges we challenge one another right we we complement one another and we push each other in a healthy way to be the best version of each other yeah i mean a little context for that um you know that idea of ezer connecto or soulmate comes after adam everybody probably remembers the story but um is wandering lonely in the garden Right? And it's actually the only thing we know about Adam that's not good is his loneliness. Everything else it says is good, is good, is good. But it's called levado. Loneliness is not good. And so that was the antidote to loneliness, Ezer Konegdo. Right. And this Ezer Konegdo is, that's why we need to explore it. So what is the answer to loneliness? Because I hear, you know, I coach a lot of guys in particular, and I hear a lot of guys still, even in the afternoon of life, talking about a morning of life, what I call silly soulmate love, which is I want, and then they go through this like a la carte menu, right? They start ordering off like it's a la carte. I have a little of this, a little less of that, a little more of this, a little less of that. And it's not pick and choose. People are whole packages. And I would say, because I mostly work with women, what I hear is, how can I change him? Right? So if we're soulmates and we're supposed to be this idea of Ezra Connecto and you challenge each other, then sometimes that gets turned into controlling one another and not seeing the best in somebody, but saying, I see the best in you and now I'm going to change you into what I think you should be. Which is the same thing as I'll take a little of that. And a right. Little less I mean, that. we're just saying it in a different way and we act on it in a different way. And I think the, the challenge is, is, is finding where does that challenge come in where we, where we bring each other up to the best version of ourselves without controlling or trying to, you know, nitpick and say, I'll take this and I'll take this and they take this. 
because that's the best version that you want, or this is the best version that I want. It really, Ezra Connecto is really this idea that I see the, well, in my language, I see the light in you. I see how beautiful you are and how, how, how much you shine when you live your truth, when you, when you live it. And I love that in you. So I'm going to bring the... <laughs> so I'm trying is, really hard not to make a joke. <laughs> or It's not too intimate. It's just... Um, You're going to start we have looking mil- at me cross-eyed. We have millions of viewers. So, um, <laughs> so no, but it's true. It's beautiful. Um, and uh, Ezer Konegdo means help, nurture, support... Encourage and connecto means challenge and push against. And you know, I don't want anybody to hear this, and I don't say this to my guys that it should should just be one half of that equation, right? Too much connecto, too much pushing, too much challenge is a recipe for hell. Right. And too much nurture and too much um, yes, not enough no is also a recipe for hell. But I think in our society, when you go to the hallmark section or the, the Valentine section at the Hallmark store or you watch one of your Nicholas Sparks movies. Um, it's um, the bottom line is it's nurture, nurture, nurture. Right. Right. And so we get let we leave out that second half of the equation. I mean, well, honestly, and me being a very feminine woman, there's an a lot there's a heavy dose of feminine in that in that expectation. Mm-hmm. Right. That there is a heavy dose of feminine and and really we have both qualities and we need to bring the masculine up to their highest to your highest vision of who you really are and that is honoring for women it is honoring if you're you know with a man it's honoring the masculine and honoring how wonderful it is i was just thinking <laughs> never mind <laughs> nothing but i i was just thinking how much i appreciate your masculine Right. Because I and we're all different. And you listening on this podcast, you know, you might say, because I've heard a lot, a lot of women say, well, I I'm the one in the relationship that is more masculine. Right. My partner's more feminine and I'm more masculine or I wear the pants or I we all have masculine and feminine qualities. We bring those out and, and use them when needed. We do have a tendency to be a little bit more of one than the other. But I would say that that appreciating that masculine quality and it is a hallmark you know the hallmark holiday is you know it's roses and it's gushy and it's romantic but it but first of all what if you're not with somebody second of all it can make you feel really bad about yourself if you're the type of partner that a doesn't want that or b you don't celebrate in that way and so it can really be quite mushy when really the true soulmate the true love is something that is done over time and it's building and it's grounding right you talk a lot about the morning of life versus the afternoon of life the morning of life being like your younger self and that is like a very fast that can be a very fast love where the grounded nurturing love is one that that grows over time that blends the masculine and feminine well, I think that's why so many relationships don't make it through the morning mm-hmm. of life because, I mean, that's a that's an exit on the ramp. That's an off-ramp on the highway of, of relationship is that midlife, and you see it a lot, like when the kids are starting to grow up and go off into, you know, the empty nest. And um, 
So the bottom line is that morning of life is much more of the nurture and the challenge shouldn't be there. I should go out and find somebody who's less challenging. And, and maybe that's true. I mean, there's a, a place and time for divorce or another partner. But it's really about um, not getting rid of it before we've fully explored it. And because coming back to people are whole packages, if there is such a thing as soulmate, we should probably get into that. Um, who's to say that your soulmate isn't here in that particular package, the whole package, because you need the nurturing, but you need the challenging. I do. This isn't our first take on this video. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> she made me redo it. No, he watched the video that we made and he realized he was too masculine and pushy. So now we are redoing this video. So he's a little bit more in his feminine. Plus, it's not the morning and my coffee isn't pulsing through <laughs> me, but yes. No, but the bottom line is I need you to... Soften you. But challenge me. Okay, you soften me, but you you challenge me. I'm an Enneagram 8, so I know it's like I'm hard charging. And you are now more hard charging back at me. And I don't think I used to appreciate that or make room for it or allow for it. And I'd like to think in my afternoon, I've softened to, I need that. Right. Right. So I'm a different place on my journey that I can accept the whole package. Okay. So let's talk about, do you think there's a soulmate for everybody? Just one. (laughs) 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 Um, I don't want to reshoot this video. So (laughs) yes. No, I think that there's soulmates. Yeah. Um, You know, when, when the divine created... Eve, I mean, these are not, these are, these are mythical, right? And they're true whether or not they happened. And so Adam doesn't mean a guy. It means, um, it means every man, every masculine. And Eve doesn't mean a specific woman. It means life. It means every feminine. And so I believe that, you know, it's not just there's one soulmate. I believe it was the antidote to loneliness and the antidote to loneliness is not one other person. It can't be. You have right. friends. Right. I can't be everything to you. I, I try to make you that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. Um, but the bottom line is I don't have to because you have soul mates. In fact, you sleep with them every night. <laughs> it's my talk. <laughs> and she tells me quite clearly he's my soulmate and you're a soulmate. But animals are my soulmates. But that's they why speak I'm not, my language. I'm not I speak to them. And... There are, I know, and it's so nice. Soulmates. Yeah, it is. I also agree that there are many different soulmates for different reasons. But can I say? They're all because they're all different antidotes to loneliness. Right. But, and I'm going to go back to something that I always think about in terms of like eventually we're going to talk about intimacy, right? And so shifting it a little bit, we have these soulmates, right? So that we're not lonely. And sometimes we can tip over into making that soulmate everything, right? So we're not supposed to be lonely. So we're just going to throw ourselves into the marriage or, you know, the kids or whoever, you're, you know, the friendships, everything outside of yourself becomes an antidote to loneliness. And so what I find first and foremost, and I think it's actually, you know, if we'll talk a little bit about our marriage. I think, and I'm not even sure you know this, but I think one thing that has changed our marriage is my antidote to loneliness because I have always felt that kind of existential loneliness, like as a child, even just so lonely. And I don't think I 
I think I stopped controlling or trying to challenge you in, in an unhealthy way when I stepped into my own relationship with something more than me. So we picked up at the end of the story of Adam and Eve because the first part of the story is he has to go, um, right. you know, I always say looking for love in all the wrong places, right? He's got to go through the process. He can't just go out and find his soulmate and voila, that's the antidote. He's got to do the work and right. go through the process. And then the divine meets him halfway and that's when Eve comes. And that's what you're saying. You right. can't just slap a soulmate on it and call it a day and say i'm good and i'm healthy right like so the way we connect with these soulmate relationships is to connect with the soulmate relationship with inside of you right the more whole i got the better our relationship has become i mean you have your side i have mine that is my side of it is that i recognize that i was as and maybe some of you will understand this as a mom and as and also as a wife, I put everything into those relationships and I, I always took care of myself. But it was this realization that until I understood I had to have a deep relationship with the divine, then I can see him as the divine. Right. I can see the light within you because the lights were turned on in me. That is that is also soulmate you know that's the the building of a soulmate relationship yeah. is to do your side of the street do your work there's a couple things along those lines i want to talk about and maybe you'll just help me remember where to go but i want to talk about darkness and i also want to talk about um i already forgot i want to talk about no i want to talk about um, your mom's idea of soulmates mm. was, you want i was to thinking story? about that yeah do you want me to tell right now sure. so my parents got divorced when i was 13 and then when I was 16, my dad and my mom both remarried. And at our wedding, at our wedding, <laughs> at our, wow. Cry? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> at our wedding, um, my mom has passed away. But my mom said the most beautiful thing. She said um, that she and my dad had young love. And it, it was what brought my sister and I into the world. And she was so grateful for that young love, right? The morning of life love. And it, it was necessary to bring us forth. And then she was so grateful to Rob, my stepfather, who's also passed away, um, for that more mature love, that, that more solid love. Yeah. yeah, and it was just a reminder to both of us at the time, but I've used it when I've done weddings too, mm -hmm. especially second weddings, that there's no such thing as love. A one, it's you can't say this was love and then there's nothing else. Love isn't exclusive. Love is inclusive, right? And so there's all kinds of love. And so our love is different than your love for the dog. I hope it's different <laughs> than the love for your sister Kids and whatever. And so getting away from this, it's it's um, it's like a zero-sum game. It's finite, right? right? Scarcity. Right. And get yours and grab it. And there's one. And if it, it, No, it's complex. It's sophisticated. There's different chapters in our, our life for different people in our life. And those are soulmates. If they're in your life and they're nurturing you and challenging you then to grow, then in that moment, they are a soulmate. And what your mom said was beautiful is I just, my love is too big for just one or the other. Right. 
Right. And by the way, I mean, we, we recognize our soulmates, right? Like if we have danced in different lives before and past lives, and when you recognize your soulmate, it may be in an animal or your children or a friend or, or your, your husband or your wife, but there's this, rec- there's this, this familiarity. And sometimes it's negative and sometimes you have to, you know, sometimes you're married to that person in order to work out what you didn't get to work out in another lifetime. And then you're ready to leave that relationship and other relationships last for whatever reason. But there are different, there's so many different definitions of soulmate. That's the important point. And I was trying to get to it uh, earlier and you said it nicely. You know, don't kick your soulmate out of bed for eating crackers, crumbs, right? Like the annoyances and the it's not perfect and but they're challenging me and they're it's hard doesn't mean they're not your soulmate. Maybe that's exactly what you need at that particular time with that person. Again, I'm not saying, you know, to accept the abuse or to right. but within reason, why is it that soulmates are just easy? And also perfect. And perfect. Yeah. I mean, we have this like hallmark movie, you know, societal belief that your soulmate is perfect and has like doesn't challenge you and allows you to just be you. And it's like quite the opposite. Right. It is somebody who, yes, who brings out the best in you, but also challenges you. And not I don't even like the word challenge. I think the, the word is helps you to rise up into the best version of you sees now look you know you can't always see the best version of that person it's hard it's not always easy but in a as a whole you're going to go through ups and downs but can you see the best version of that person knowing that they have this light that they were born with and the goal to life is to find that light your purpose, whatever you want to call it. So can you help that person by seeing them? You don't have to do much, right? And that's where I think women get kind of messed up because we see the best version of you and now we're going to mold you into that best person. So we nitpick and we control and we want you to change. And until I used to read this one woman, I used to get her blogs and it was made so much sense. It's not about changing your person. It's about seeing the best version of them, but you must turn it over to you and be the, the very best version of you. And that's a big thing for women. It's like, because we really want to, we see how we can change you, right? We, we know it. We can do that. And it, it, you know, messes with us and it, you know, Fs us up. And so it also hurts you. It doesn't just hurt well, me. Well, it pushes you away. But it hurts you as a woman. I see this a lot. You know, when a, when the women of the who are married to the men that I work with try to declaw their men, it it makes their men weak, and then they're not as vibrant and vital to protect their wife, their family, their or produce or be there or have that vitality that, you know, that makes him a man that wants him to go out into the world and hunt and be that. And if you try and strip that from him, you strip a major piece of him. Right. And so it doesn't mean like I, I say to guys, it doesn't give you permission to go run wild after your fantasies. It means it's on you, man, to harness that, right? And to control it, and, and but not to get rid of it. Don't get right. rid of the urge, just direct it to your wife. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, I was going to say something. I think it's about giving both both of us, like, right, you know, masculine and feminine, the space to be fully you. 
Okay, so you were going to talk about shadow. Well, that's where there this we is go. Going. I can see claws. Right. So, the, so the idea, like, a, okay, so a lot of us don't want to hold our shadow, and if you can't hold your own shadow, your own darkness, whatever you want to call it, then it's very hard to see the shadow in another and also not judge them and to to hold that as well. And I think that as women, we want to be. Um, accepted and we want to be loved as exactly as we are, right? We should be able to be loved exactly as we are. And yet we don't always love, ex- love our people exactly as they are. And so it is, it, there's, there's two parts. You know, I think one part is for a woman is to really stop judging ourselves and stop judging others to, it's that control piece. Right, and accepting yourself will help you accept the the, the person in your life. Um, here's an example of, you know, in our in our marriage that you've changed, but you be, it's because you become aware of it. So, as an Enneagram eight, for those of you who don't know the Enneagram, I'm just intense, I'm fiery, I'm angry. It's just you know that's part of my shadow. And um, Ariella would used to almost ask me to fight your battles for you. Like I would take mm-hmm. on some of, even without saying it, I would take on the fights. When we were rabbi and you know congregational rabbi. I would just go after people to protect you. And but then there's that creeping over lines of that I would take on fights that you didn't ask me to take on, and then you get mad at me, right? But you were asking me to hold your shadow because you're not so comfortable with the anger mm-hmm. like I am. Mm-hmm. So you'd outsource that shadow to me, and then you get mad at me for using it too much or not letting you get to yours. And so that's that dance of the shadows. I mean, my shadow in that was that I realized that I was, I was enmeshed, right? Codependent, whatever you want to call it. And I mean, I worked on it, but I really, I was really, I was really asking you to do something that wasn't yours. And it wasn't until I started deciding, you know, I think as our kids grew up and I could kind of have space to think about more of these things, it wasn't until I owned all of myself, including my anger and my shadow piece and that that codependent piece, that I stopped needing you and I just wanted you. I mean, I, I need you, but I but I didn't need you to do these things for me. You were capable of doing them for yourself. Right, and that's how we grew. So I have become more of a woman standing on my own two feet and speaking my truth and, you know, doing things that I, you know, maybe in my 30s I wasn't comfortable with. And that has made our relationship more mature and also um, we've, we have more space. Like mm-hmm. I, feel like, I feel like the container has grown mm-hmm. so that I... I honor your shadow. I hold it. I can hold it in a different way because I don't ask you to hold mine and you don't really ask me to hold yours. I feel like it's very... Well, I used to. Yeah. Um, Like, you know, these are stereotypical, but that's just who we are. And so I, I know I used to have you be my heart, right? Like you would hold the feelings and the heart and you would emote with the kids and they would be, you know, and you still like it's not 50 50. It's 70-30 and, and vice versa on the anger thing and the yeah. fighting thing. But yeah. it's not z- 100 zero. Right. And so, you know, over time I saw my our kids were, they, they were disconnected from me. Especially when I was working, you know, in the professional, the rabbi role. It's partially why I left too, I think, mm-hmm. to get out of that. And so I, you know, like now I drive our youngest every day, almost every day to dance or to school. 
And I didn't do that before. Right. And those are the connecting times. And we have a connection right. in some ways because of that. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I no longer lean on you to be that role only, right. exclusively. Right, that, that's true. And from that, so if we're talking about intimacy, like from that, well, not only do you have intimacy with your son, right? Like you've built that. I mean, you just went away with our daughter. Like you probably, you know, it, it probably wouldn't have been normal to do that uh, 10 years ago. But like you've very nicely, like you've built an intimacy with each one of our kids. And from that, like it builds intimacy with, with us because you've opened your heart. I see your heart, which I'm more heart-centered because that's just who I am. I see your heart and it makes me feel closer to you. Whereas we used to, we, we were like, I mean, we used to go through some tough times with a, with a couple of the kids and we would be on opposite sides. And of course that breaks down the intimacy. And I do think, you know, for anybody listening in the morning of life, what's the morning of life? I don't know, like before 40, that's just kind of a loose rule, but um, it's hard. It's easy to say it's hard to do because, you know, we were in the grind. We were in the thick of it. I mean, you know, two of our kids are at college and bigger kids, bigger problems, but it's not day-to-day stuff. Yeah. And when we were little kids anymore. and you were in a more stereotypical you know, stay-at-home mom, and I was a more stereotypical provider, it's really hard to do that. So right. I want to, you know, acknowledge if you're in yeah, that. it's really hard. That, the race, <laughs> like, but I, I like to think there's also hope. Yeah, well, I mean, look what happened, yeah. for sure. I mean, I just think both of us, like, I've owned more of my masculine, and you've owned more of your feminine, and it's like a, it's a better balance. But you're right, when you're in the throes of it, you don't really have a lot of time to say, oh, well, I'm going to step in here, and you just do it. Okay, so let's take a, just a different twist on this because, you know, we tried to work together four <laughs> or five years ago, soul-centered, and now it's Ariella Halevi and it's Defiant Spirit and we meet in the middle, the soul, but we don't meet every day in the middle. Um, <laughs> we don't do, do these podcasts every day because we have to respect each other's differences. And, yeah. But that's the point. A soulmate doesn't mean codependent. It doesn't mean same. It means separate but equal. It means complementary. It means like you do your thing, I do my thing, and we don't have to be everything to each other all the time. Right, right. Yeah, I think that was the biggest thing when we started working together. And I realized that you work your ass off. Like you're just like a worker bee. Like you just go get them. And I was exhausted because I, first of all, I, I'm more at home. I have more. I mean, you and I share a lot, but... My head, I mean, I, you know, doctor appointments and like all the details. I've got like 70 details in my head and he's got like one, right? Like <laughs> me single cave, focus. Me caveman. Yeah. Um, um, but I realized too, it, it was like huge for me to see. I think that I thought we were like a team and we were one until we started working together. Right. Like, I mean, again, we were in the throes of parenting. We were living in Israel. We were pretty much in survival mode for a lot of years. So we didn't have time to figure these things out. We just kind of like did it. And as we've had more time, I've realized, oh, like he gets up at five. I used to get up at five. Like, I don't want to give a five. Okay, I get up at five thirty. Then I hit the snooze button 70 times and I really get up at six. But like, that's okay. I don't have to. I don't have to be balls to the walls, right? Like, I, I don't have to be that way because that's not who I am. I like to, like, I, li- I'm, I love working, but I don't want to work from the second I open my eyes to the second I close my eyes. But also, I don't want you. 
I, first of all, I never asked you to work that hard. Um, that was your expectation for yourself. No, I had record. to come in. But I that. don't, I don't like it because, you know, you have faith. I don't have faith. That's why I'm not a rabbi. For the record, I, I don't have that kind of faith. It's natural to you. You're, you're a woman of faith. I am a hunter. And I need to be in control. It's an eight thing. It's me thing. It's my father killed himself thing. There's all kinds of reasons. I, but I don't have that flow. And I love that about you. right? I don't even necessarily want it. I'm really happy with me. Mm-hmm. And my, my you know, getting up and working and doing and whatever. But if you do that, I'm screwed. Yeah, because there's nobody left there. Yeah, right. no, no kidding. But that's right. the point. It's like playing our roles and supporting each other and and it takes time to figure that out and see right. that and we've done this dance over time and I think you know if we could go back and do it over again just riffing here I think you should be the rabbi and I would be the rabbits in the stand I agree actually yeah. I mean You're I way more built for it I know I love it <laughs> so here sometimes, I, I'm going to give her my license sometimes um, it scares me a little bit how much I love it but see that's the point though and, and, and mm-hmm. but like at the beginning we didn't have that I don't know if luxury or capacity to just sit down and do this 25 years ago. Yeah. And maybe you should be in the rabbinical school and I should be go doing this other thing. So, no. Uh, no. <laughs> that ship's in. No. I mean, no. But, but, but the, the point the, is it, intimacy. It is a, there is a, an honoring. I think when we started working together, it was like, well, also it was midlife. You know, we had maybe one kid out of the house. Like we... It, it was like this awakening. I remember sitting on the steps of our house, like the stairs, going upstairs. And I remember the dog was like right in between us because it was, it was like four, four years ago, I think. You probably don't remember because you don't have a good memory. But I remember the dog was right in between us because we were having a, a heated conversation. And I remember it was like this feeling inside of me that was like, oh, my God, I I have been enmeshed in so many different relationships here in this family to just survive. And I have got to be me and I've got to go figure that out. And although, you know, I've been meditating for 25 years, I've been doing yoga, I've been excavating stuff, like I've been doing the work all along. I just hit midlife, right? We just hit midlife and we were like, okay, you're you, I'm me. Now let's find this like really deep love in in the middle here. But like you get to be you and I get to be me. And that really did help. And also I I do have deep faith that, and maybe that is a feminine thing, but it does help our intimacy, mm-hmm. right? Like because you're right, I can't work 10-hour days. I choose to, I, I like to do other things. And it's good for us. Also, I have to pull you out. Yeah, and I have to get you in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in, don't worry. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, one one other thing, and then we'll start to wrap it up. But um, you know, you said we were in a fight or whatever you want to call it. I I work with so many people who think that that's a sign of trouble or problem. And and the truth is, when people say they never get into fights with somebody, I don't trust that. I I believe if you're not getting into some fights, of course it has to be within bounds. You're not pushing hard enough. You got to challenge each other. You can't possibly be married for 25 years and not have pushback. And not have moments of, you know, this, I'm right, you're wrong kind of a thing and work it out. And so I just think for our, you know, for our listeners, yeah. it's such an important message. It's not a sign that something's wrong. I think sometimes it's there's a sign that something's wrong that you don't have the trust or the ability to have the healthy fight. Right, right. Yeah, I agree. I think that builds the intimacy as long as it's not 
Like, I think for you and I, there's always been this, like, strong rock base that we jump off of, and that is the intimacy. That is the But it's part of our intimacy. That's my point. Right. It's not like, oh, we're doing intimacy. Oh, now we're having a fight. Right. Right? Like, they're the yin and the yang. It's the shadow and the light. You just can't pull these things apart because I have no intimacy with the barista at Starbucks. I see her every single day. We don't get into fights. We'd have no depth. Right. Right. This is transactional. Right. You can have transactional relationships that have no depth and no 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 shadow. Mm-hmm. And this is the price of shadow. I, I always tell people that my my biggest fights are my is with my best deepest partner, love. deepest love. They, right. You can't have one without the other. Right. Right. And there you have it. There you have it. Soulmate love. <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll do many more podcasts on uh, soulmate love, even when it's not Valentine's. But this is a good place to wrap it up. Great. Great. All right. So that is our first official podcast for He, She, Spirituality. If you like the name, let us know. Um, If not, we might change it. But the bottom line is we look forward to doing many more of these. We do. Thanks, everybody. Take care.